global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World, Hank Waters, I'm Charlie Pellet. The Dow and S&P trading little change. NASDAQ is lower by four-tenths of one percent. Stocks have been fluctuating in a whipsaw session. Right now, NASDAQ down 17. S&P 500 index up a point, advancing 0.1 percent. Dow Industrials up 29, a gain of two-tenths of one percent. ExxonMobil and Chevron gaining more than eight-tenths of one percent as crude rose in volatile trading. West Texas Intermediate crude up six-tenths of one percent, now up 28 cents a barrel, 46.51 on West Texas Intermediate. Gold down 6.50 the ounce to 12.69, a drop there of five-tenths of one percent. The tenure down 6.30 seconds at yield 1.74 percent. I'm Charlie Peloton. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. It is time now for the ETF report. It is brought to you by Vanek Vectors ETFs. Expect more from your munis. Target tax-exempt income by maturity and credit quality, all with low-cost ETFs. Visit vanek.com slash muni. Vanek. Access the opportunities. Let's access the ETF report with Catherine Cowdery. There's an ETF that's tapped into a value factor in bonds. That's a word from Bloomberg Intelligence Analyst Eric Valchunas. It's the Vanek Vector's Fallen Angel High Yield Bond ETF ticker ANGL. It focuses on corporate bonds that were investment grade at the time they were issued and were later downgraded to below investment grade. This one has 60% is double B um, and compared to HYG, which is 60% single B and triple C. So it's almost like a touch above high yield. But it's a kind of a hidden hidden gem, I think. And the reason people haven't really noticed it, I think, is just people generally just view the world into high yield or investment grade when bonds. Um, and they don't consider this sort of, I call it purgatory, in between investment grade and high yield, sort of like these bonds are living there. ANGL has $159 million in total assets and a 12-month dividend yield of 5.4%. It's gained 11.9% since the start of the year. That's your Bloomberg ETF report. I'm Catherine Cowdery. This is Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. Never say never. Never say always. Always reevaluate and never give up. Does that sound like Jeff Sought? Well, it might. He's the chief investment strategist of Raymond James, helping to manage about $400 billion of customer assets based in St. Petersburg, Florida. Jeff Sought, thank you very much for being with us. A pleasure to talk with you again, Pam. So where does this saying fit into an investment strategy? Never well, it's more, of a, it's more of a life statement than it is a, 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 a stock market strategy. I, my, my model, uh, proprietary model, when the S&P uh, 500 didn't follow its brethren, the S&P total returned to new all-time highs about three weeks ago, the model turned negative and was looking for a low sometime this week. And with, two, with uh, Wednesdays, was it Wednesday? Yeah, Tuesday's rally of 222 points. You know, it looked to me like the model was, was going to be wrong. And then we got yesterday down 200 and change. And today we bounced once again off the 2040, 2050 area for the, for the fifth time since the April 20th high. So I'm never giving up. You're, ne- you're never giving up. All right. So uh, what do you do? I mean, if you don't give up, you've got to be doing something or are you just waiting for some more information? 
I'm exercising the rarest commodity on Wall Street, which is patience. We pushed a lot of chips out into uh, equities. Uh, the, I think I was on a, a Bloomberg, I think it was, on uh, February I think it was 5th or 6th, and the model said the market was going to bottom next week. So we started buying stocks into that February 11th low, and we've had pretty good gains since then. So I'm waiting to see if we if we swoon again tomorrow and make a low the first part of next week or if we've made the bottom this week in the 2040 to 2050 zone. The model was actually looking for a lower low than that, but you take what they give you in this business. Clearly, you take what they give you. Uh, what are they giving you in terms of where to put fresh money to work? Well, I, I, I think you, you can still look at some of the, you know, my uh, fundamental analyst has a strong buy rating on Iridium, the low satellite orbiting company, and they have a convertible preferred with a, about a 6% yield to it. So I think something like that makes makes a lot of sense here. And that is for people looking for income. Yeah, but they're also looking. It's one of my friend Ron Barron's uh, favorite stocks. He's probably the largest shareholder there, uh, and he thinks that when they get the birds all launched uh, over the next 18 to 24 months, that the free cash flow yield is going to go through the roof and the stock's going to go up into either the high teens or the low 20s. If that happens, uh, the convertible preferred zooms right up with it. Now, uh, Ridium, uh, the symbol is IRDM. The shares trade uh, at about $8.25, down about 2 uh, percent so far uh, this year. This is the global satellite communications system for low Earth orbit satellites for voice uh, for voice and data communications. Correct? Yeah, that's that's correct. But any time I can get a dividend yield out of a uh, what looks to be a pretty dynamic situation, I'm going to go for the dividend yield. What do you say to people that look at the price of energy and say that they can trade equities off the price of energy? Well, we actually were recommending some of the MLPs back in the February lows because you could buy a package of investment-grade master limited partnerships in the midstream and downstream, not the upstreams. I think the upstream's uh, business model is broken, but you could buy an investment-grade package of those with a better than 7% yield. And I think that made a lot of sense back then. Now, Jeff, you seem to be talking about investments that are not necessarily tied to what the consumer is going to do, or am I reading you wrong? Um, I like consumer discretionary stocks. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, I, th I think the GDP is going to strengthen in the back half of this year. I don't think we're going uh, into a recession. What leads you to um, believe that? Well, in, in recently driving across country on the back of, I won't say every uh, – 18-wheeler, but every other 18-wheeler, it was drivers wanted. And at 90% uh, of the fast food restaurants we stopped at with the grandkids, you know, it was help wanted in the window. These are not the kind of things you see going into a recession. So why do we see such anemic GDP growth? I think you saw the low GDP print the other week at uh, plus 0.5 tenths of a percent. And I think uh, the measurement of GDP is not per se the right measurement for the overall economic strength. I think the economy is a lot stronger than the government's official figures. And that, uh, that strength showing up in you just described in the job market particularly. In the job market, I mean, you know how much I travel. I, I'm fine in full planes. Uh, I'm eating in full restaurants. Um, I just, I just don't, I don't see where, where the economy's any sign of going into a recession. Having said that, with the ten-year Treasury at 1.75 right now, a lot of people might get hurt if they don't do something about that bond. 
Well, I, I think the bond is being anchored by the negative rates in uh, places like Germany and Japan and by capital flows. If you look uh, on the Bloomberg terminal, you saw a story this morning about nine billion or nine was a bill, it was I think it was trillion looking to come into the U.S. because if you're getting negative rates in Germany and and Japan, if you can get just even 20 basis points positive return here, um, that's you know that's capital flows and that's one of the reasons that. Ted spread uh, has widened out here the past few weeks. What will that do to the dollar, if anything? I think the dollar has peaked. Uh, I look at the dollar, the Dixie index. Uh, I've been saying for a year it looks like a great big rounded top. I get clubbed by some of the economists by saying, but the trade-weighted dollar is still going up. Well, go down to your bank and try and buy some trade-weighted dollars. You have never seen a trade-weighted dollar. I have never seen a trade-weighted dollar. So the dollar index, the DXY, looks to me like it's peaked. Well, you bring up an interesting point, Jeff Sought, that many of the indicators that are used by professional investment managers are not necessarily applicable to making investment decisions. Is that correct? I think that's absolutely correct. Why is that developed in such a way? Uh, I think, I think to a large degree, you can look at the uh, energy. EIA. Uh, look at the wide variance uh, in, in the government statistics and the private market statistics and this guy named Rothman that used to run the uh, uh, energy desk at, at Merrill Lynch who does his own independent channel checks. And he, to my knowledge, is the only person that got yesterday's drawdown in crude oil inventories uh, right. When you travel around the country, and I want to connect the energy theme You see people driving and using gasoline. The cost of gasoline may have increased marginally recently, but where is all the savings going? Is that for for low gasoline prices? Is that going into, as you say, restaurants and consumer discretionary purchases? Well, it's, it's, that's been that's been a conundrum here uh, because the way the price of gasoline has come down, you would have thought uh, that there would be more uh, purchasing by the individual uh, consumer, and it hasn't showed up yet. I think they're still stunned from what happened uh, back in 08 and 09, but I think they were going to loosen their pocketbooks as we get into the back half of this year. And uh, Jeff, saw this last point, you I haven't heard you talk about the election, the political season. Does that matter for investors? Uh, there will be winners and losers depending on who's who's going to be elected. Uh, but I have I have a real problem with the, the you know I I don't like any of the candidates. I think you've got a lot of company there. All right, well, thank you very much. Uh, Jeff Sought is the chief investment strategist for Raymond James. He's based in St. Petersburg, Florida, but as he said, he spends a lot of time traveling around the country, helping to manage four hundred billion dollars of customer assets. Thank you very much for joining us. You're listening to Taking Stock. I'm Pim Fox. We'll take you through to the close of trading next.